Bills Mafia, was good? This Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to The Lowdown with Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is the lowdown only on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. And I know what you're saying. Jake, my guy, where have you been? You have been gone for way too long. And I know actually in reality, it hasn't been that long. Things come up such as life. I understand. I'm not going to BS you guys. It has been a rough time these last few weeks. But don't you worry. I'm back. Again, this is the lowdown, and I want to bring some things up. Obviously, there's a little bit of housekeeping. The Buffalo Bills are back-to-back AFC champions, and we're all celebrating. We're all happy. I mean, how can you not be happy when your team wins the division two times in a row? The big bad Patriots are not back. The evil empire is not back. All of the stuff that you hear in the in the national media and all these things you hear them hype up the patriots of course they want the story it's all about the stories i'm literally taking a class right now in my senior year of college it's all about the stories every single time they go in what can we run what is going to get the most clicks today i was talking about the new england patriots and how they're back oh mac jones he's the reincarnation of tom brady they're back. You better watch out for the New England Patriots. Butt kiss. Get it out of here. I don't want to hear it anymore. Because guess what happened? The Buffalo Bills won the game that they needed to win at the end to win the AFC East. And it didn't even matter that the New England Patriots lost because they wouldn't have won it anyway. So there you go with that. The Buffalo Bills are your AFC East champions. And I'm not going to say I told you so. But if you go back, and if you're a longtime listener, you're going to know this. You're going to know that, you know, I spit facts on this podcast. I don't sit here. I don't jerk you around. I don't throw out hot takes that I think are just going to, you know, even if they're not true, I just want to put them out there because I want to get some traction for my podcast to make a you know a little clip and throw it on the twitter like hey look what i said on my podcast this week i don't do that i don't do that because i think if somebody wants to listen to a podcast they want it to have actual knowledgeable takes and just being a buffalo bills guy obviously some people and i'm not going to say all content creators but there are some that just focus in on the buffalo bills and will say anything that gets buffalo bills fans happy and doesn't upset them or some people do hot takes and they they be like oh the the Buffalo Bills were gonna go seventeen and oh they were the best team in the league or they were those same people that say oh the sky's falling season is dead it's over we're done we're dead that like I I don't do that I like to go cold hard facts on things and one of the things is my first podcast before the beginning of the season I nailed it ladies and gentlemen and I'm gonna play the fifteen minute clip that I have from that podcast in the halftime between this. Sh- this portion of the show, and the second half of the show, obviously. And what's on the docket for today? Well, we're kind of going to do some 
some housekeeping here and I'm going to talk about things. There's this is going to be a whole little jumble mess of things in this first half because obviously, yes, I did miss the breakdown of the Atlanta Falcons game. Why would I talk about a game like that this far on? We're in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. We won. And why would I talk about the New York Jets? We beat the New York Jets like we should have beat the New York Jets. I wasn't scared at any point in that game. I did not worry that the Buffalo Bills were going to lose to the New York Jets. The whole week, all we heard was, oh, but they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars knocked the Colts out of the playoffs this week. So maybe that team was just tanking intentionally. Who knows? Maybe they needed to get a few good team wins under their belt to just make them feel good about the future. But anyway, I digress. I nailed it. I truly did nail it. Uh, Basically, my whole outlook on the AFC East in the clip that you're going to hear in halftime, I didn't talk about the New York Jets, but if you go back a few weeks before that when I did talk about the AFC East, because before the season started, I kind of tried to implement what was going on in the AFC East with each team in the second half of my show every single week. So what did I get right? Well, I mean, obviously you're going to hear it, but I'm going to tell you just in jest kind of what I got right. I kind of understood what the Bills were going to do win-wise. I knew what the Patriots were going to do win-wise. I knew what the media was going to do with Mac Jones because of the success that I knew the New England Patriots were going to have. And then I also talked about what was going on with the Dolphins and the dysfunction that was going on with the Dolphins and something that happened, of course, now Brian Flores is out as head coach of the Dolphins. It kind of all makes sense. And you'll hear that when you hear the halftime of the show. But the Buffalo Bills are the AFC East champions. They control their destiny. And of course, they get the New England Patriots of all people. Now, obviously, if you're doing the numbers and crunching them all, you kind of knew that it was inevitable that we were going to get the New England Patriots in the first round. And you know what? I feel like if there's a team that I was comfortable, of course, everybody was like, oh, look at these scenarios that they tell you we get the Raiders and all that. No, forget that. If there's a team that I want to end their postseason success, it's the Patriots, especially with everything we've had to deal with this year. And you all agree with it. Of course, there's people that are like, oh, no, it's Bill Belichick. We're so scared. Don't even worry about it. Here's the thing. If the Bills aren't scared of Bill Belichick, you shouldn't be scared of Bill Belichick, right? So, of course, yeah, he haunted us for 20 years. Oh, no. Don't worry about Belichick, okay? Don't don't worry about it. Here's what we need to do. The Buffalo Bills, if they take care of business and do what they should do, the Buffalo Bills should have swept the AFC East again this year. Two years in a row should have swept the AFC East. But a damn snow hurricane came in, and the Buffalo Bills get lit up for one long ass run they get lit up for one long run that ends in a touchdown the buffalo bills end up losing in a game that they should not have lost the patriots best player the weather did not save them when the buffalo bills strolled into foxborough and honestly if it wasn't for the woes in the red zone the bills should have put up 50 plus points against the new england patriots the big bad empire it was going to come, and the Buffalo Bills needed to be unnoticed because Bill Belichick got Mac Jones. Big Mac Jones. Macaroni McCorkle Jones. Whatever adjective you want to put in Mac Jones' name. Look, the Buffalo Bills, I think, might have one of, you know, I, I, I don't want to say it's a walk. 
because it's not a walk. We're not going to walk right over the Patriots. They're a team that has to be reckoned with. They're still a team that can upset anybody in the playoffs. It's because they've got good coaching and their players do what they need to do. They do their job. That's kind of the Patriot motto. You come in, you do your job. So what the Buffalo Bills need to do is do their job and come in and show these fools who is the real deal. Who is the champ? Who is the champ in your house? If you get beat by the New England Patriots, you did not deserve to win the division. It doesn't matter if you won the division. It doesn't if you lose to the New England Patriots. And I think the Bills know this. And of yes, it's hard to beat a team three times. Look, the Bills have done it before in the past. The Bills in the 90s met with the Dolphins in the postseason. They beat them. That means they beat the Dolphins three times. Look, yes, it's hard to beat a opponent three times. But if your team is better than that opponent, and on all aspects, maybe coaching is even, or even the Patriots might have slightly better coaching, more consistent coaching, Personnel-wise, the Bills are a better team than the New England Patriots. And even if you want to even everything out, it all comes down to who's under center. And the Buffalo Bills have Josh Allen under center. So you got nothing to worry about when it comes with that. Right? So there's been a ton of narratives over this whole season, right? We started off, we all had high hopes. We got humbled. The team got humbled. There was a few losses that we shouldn't have got. The Bills are a few key plays away from being the number one seed, which we all kind of expected that they could be this year. And now they are where they are. But I'll tell you right now, I'm still proud of these Buffalo Bills. I'm sure you're proud of these Buffalo Bills. And, you know, as much as we can sit here and, you know, a lot of people have their hot takes. And like I said, they said the sky was falling in midway through the season. Again, if you were listening to this podcast, you know, I never do that kind of stuff. I always try to keep a level head when it comes to talking about football in general. But mainly when I talk about the Buffalo Bills, I don't let my fandom get in the way of me talking about the team in general. Look, this team still has some problems. I'm not going to lie about that. This offense sometimes goes hot and cold really, really easily. And that could be something that bites them in the playoffs if they're not firing on all cylinders. Like, they played their best game against New England and then against the Falcons and the Jets. They were kind of, you know, up and down. And you can see that. Yes, they still won the game, so that's all that matters. But there's still some, you know, discrepancies when it comes to the offense. We can't ignore that. I will say, though, I do like the Buffalo Bills have gotten their run game together. That makes me feel better as a fan. Of course, Devin Singletary was not the guy I thought would eventually be RB1, but I'll take that one on the chin. I like to be proven wrong. And if you're a listener to the show, you know I've been proven wrong before. I didn't have that much faith in Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace has played really good this year, especially in the absence of Trey White. Levi Wallace has stepped up. Dane Jackson, I didn't know. I was like, oh, if he can't beat Levi for the job, then how good is Dane Jackson really? Dane Jackson is filled in just fine. Oh, Taron Johnson. Taron Johnson's dog water for all of you guys who are longtime listeners. Oh, well, guess what happens? Taron Johnson gets an extension. He's been playing great. I love it. I love to be proven wrong when it comes to talking about this team. I have no shame in being proven wrong. 
You know, when you're talking about sports, you talk about a lot of things. You're not going to be right about everything. Now, when it comes to, you know, talking about broad general things and making predictions and stuff, I'd like to think because I keep it more realistic and I don't go full on out, some of the times where I have gone full out and thinking that the Bills were going to destroy people, it did not happen. So that humbled me to where now my predictions are more in line with what actually happens because I give other teams more credit and I'm not a homer. So when I'm talking about these New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills should destroy the New England Patriots. But they probably won't. It's probably going to be a close game. And of course, you know, it's in the playoffs. Both teams know if you lose, you go home. So they're going to be playing hard. Nobody's going to lay down in the playoffs. So I want to leave you with that. Of course, you know, the Buffalo Bills, again, back-to-back AFC East champions. I had no doubt. Of course, everybody wanted to crown the New England Patriots midseason, but that's not how it works. It all depends what happens after that final week of football. And it ended up that the Buffalo Bills were right where they should be in terms of our division. Not, of course, in the AFC. I think they should have been the number one seed, but it is what it is. The Buffalo Bills still have that path. All that matters is you get into the dance and you try to get to the end. So, of course, that's where I'm going to leave you in this first half. When you go into halftime, usually I, I play like a clip of like Cowherd or something like somebody talking about the Buffalo Bills. But what I'm going to do is actually you're just going to hear me again. But it's going to be me from before the season started. You're going to hear that. That's about 15 minutes. And then after that, we're going to go into the second half where I'm going to be talking to my brother, Adam. We're going to be talking more in depth about the New England Patriots, how we feel. And then I'm going to get his perspective on some things and how the Buffalo Bills season has turned out. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. You are listening to The Lowdown on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I've been Jake, and I will see all of you guys in the second half. That is where we're going to leave it with the Buffalo Bills talk. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about the AFC East because, yes, some things have happened in the AFC East that do affect the Bills because the national media likes to slobber all over these things. Slobber is a gross word. Don't think I should have used it there, but they are slobbering all over these other things that have happened in the AFC. So, of course, as a Bills fan, we got to talk about it. I'll give you my input on it. Do I think that they're very, very uh, significant? Do I think it's going to affect what we're going to do? No, I don't think so. But I think it's just fun to talk about certain things that are also happening in our division. And, of course, I follow this stuff very regularly. I've said it on occasion. My current girlfriend, uh, who I've been you know, with for four years now, I've really gotten to know her family and her dad is a Jets fan. Her mom is a Patriots fan. So I really just followed the AFC East in general. So of course, that also includes the Dolphins. And really, uh, one of the big things that I had to do the other day was text my girlfriend's mother, congratulations, because the New England Patriots released Cam Newton. Now, this is something that I don't think a lot of people kind of expected them to do, right? Like, we kind of knew when Cam Newton had the, like, COVID mishap with, like, not a missed test, but kind of like a not approved type test, and he had to be gone for five days. And we heard that Mac Jones was lighting it up in joint practices with the Giants. Now, this is something that's crazy because 
cutting Cam Newton basically leaves the New England Patriots where I believe their quarterback room right now is Mac Jones, Jarrett Stidham, who I believe is hurt and had to get surgery, and Brian Hoyer, which means that you know they're going all in with the rookie quarterback. Now, I've been on record of saying that I think sometimes that's good for a quarterback depending on what situation they're in josh allen kind of got thrown into it his first year because nathan peterman was absolute dog water but we don't have to talk about that really just mac jones getting thrown into the system i think that there's a lot of expectation on him i think any quarterback that gets thrown into a major market like a boston or a miami kind of especially with a team that had 20 years of success with Tom Brady. And now Tom Brady goes somewhere else and is having success there. New England fans want to get back to what they've, you know, most of those people have never known a losing season in their life. And that's something that's crazy as a Bills fan. You know, we know a lot about losing seasons. But in reality, you know, Mac Jones is going to add this pressure on him. But a lot of people think he's going to come in and win, like, offensive rookie of the year. I, I don't think that they remember exactly what Tom Brady was doing in that offense game managing but Tom Brady was death by a thousand cuts and one of the things is I don't know if Mac Jones can be that guy like Mac Jones while I believe he has the intangibles to be a good quarterback in the league I don't think that he's really going to be you know Tom Brady like you don't those don't come around very often and New England thinks that they're going to luck into a second one. And a lot of the national media seems to think that that's going to happen too uh, with Booger McFarlane from Get Up the other day coming out and saying that the Buffalo Bills are on notice because Mac Jones is now the starting quarterback in New England. Um, I understand you got to say these things. It's a brand new story. Got to hype it up. That's the thing that most people are interested in. Please talk about Mac Jones, you know, taking the Patriots back to success. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, just looking at New England's team as a whole, I really don't know how much of a danger they're going to be to the Buffalo Bills just because they're still kind of rebuilding. I think a lot of people think that, you know, Bill Belichick is kind of the reason why the Patriots had so much success, even though they had Bill Belichick last year. And guess what? Uh, they didn't even sniff the playoffs. I mean, hell, they finished third in the division. And a lot of people kind of wrote Belichick off after that. But then they get Mac Jones and a lot of people go, oh, well, then he's going to mold this guy into being the next Brady. Like, you know, I, I, I don't truly think that. I think it's kind of delusion, and I think it has one of those qualities that a lot of, you know, Bills fans had every year. Like, oh, this year maybe we'll make the playoffs. So this year, you know, we got to be good this year. Like, I, I feel like that's kind of going to settle in with the New England Patriots. Now, obviously, as long as Belichick is there, I believe they have a chance. But with a team that's as well-rounded as the Buffalo Bills, it's going to take a minor miracle for somehow a team that's still kind of in their rebuilding phase to go around, like basically beat out a team in the Buffalo Bills, which one, have one of the best coaching staffs in the league, one of the best rosters and most talented in the league, and have a quarterback who seems to be on you know, on par with some of the higher tiered quarterbacks that are in the league. When you've got something like that, 
than I think a rookie quarterback, unless he is the real deal. It's going to take a lot more than that, especially, you know, we know they're going to be running two tight end sets. They're going to be trying to run the ball and they're going to try to beat you on defense, that old school style of football. I don't think that that entirely matches into how football is played right now. Uh, while it is still, I still think it's 100% possible the Bills split with the Patriots this year just because, you know, sometimes the Bills' Achilles heel is b the ball getting ran on them unless they are particularly planning for it. I think that the New England Patriots still, I believe they finished second. I still think that they are in contention for a wild card spot because I'm going to be the one to tell you, I think that. All that they need is a consistent game manager, and if that is what Mac Jones can be, then the then the New England Patriots can be successful. However, I don't think that they can truly get to a level where they are, you know, beating the Buffalo Bills, and you know, the schedules will be very, very similar. While the Bills will have to play the number one since you know they they get the first place schedule. Like it's not a cakewalk. Like a lot of people think that. It's going to be the same New England Patriots. Tom Brady made up a lot of that team. I don't think Mac Jones is Tom Brady, but the jury is still out on that. But unless you ask Colin Cowherd, who, you know, take his opinion with a grain of salt like a lot of people do. Some don't even take it seriously. Moved the New England Patriots up to 12 wins, being tied with the Buffalo Bills. I don't see that happening. I still think that New England's ceiling is 9-10 wins max. And or you could be Booger McFarlane that says the Buffalo Bills are on notice. One of the great things was hearing Pat McAfee, I believe it was yesterday, talk about the betting lines and saying that it is the Buffalo Bills division. And the only reason that you would think that it's not the Buffalo Bills division is if you are a delusional, you know, Boston stooge. So I'm, I'll just leave it there. I think it's still the Bills division. While I think that Mac Jones could be a decent quarterback, I don't think he's Tom Brady. And I think if he's a game manager at best, New England is always going to be a good team, but they're not going to be an elite team. Now, talking about teams that a lot of people were calling elite last year, we're going to go into our final subject here. And if you're still here with me, thank you for that. Make sure to go follow Built in Buffalo on everything. And, you know, if you want to see me live talking with my guy, Justice, we do a show on Mondays called First Round By, where we usually bring on other people onto the stream where we talk to them. We talk about football. It's always a fun time. And then we also do a live stream every single Wednesday on the Maximum Marvel where we talk about comic books and stuff. So if somehow you're into comic books and movies and stuff and also football, make sure to go check that out. Follow me at Jake the Bills Fan on Twitter and also, you know, just follow Built in Buffalo on every single platform. They're literally on everything Facebook. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, go follow it. The brand is growing. And while a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it, we are building a family here. And every single person who listens to these podcasts is part of the family. So if you're not if you're not with Built in Buffalo, what are you doing? Come on, check it out. But the last thing we got to talk about today is the rumors of Deshaun Watson to the um the Miami Dolphins. Now, I am on record as calling Deshaun Watson a a hole I'll I'll keep it there uh that's kind of like the abridged 
version. Like, if any of these things are true about him and what he did to women, I think it's absolutely despicable. And if he's cleared and there's evidence that he didn't do any of it and it's not some kind of settlement thing with money, then I it will change my mind. But one of the things that I have to think right now is reports have come out. Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports has talked about that the Miami Dolphins were still in talks with the Houston Texans to acquire quarterback Deshaun Watson, who currently has 22 civil cases against him for uh, sexual misconduct, but also is being looked into by the FBI for possibly offering money to said victims to stay hush-hush, which would uh, then get the feds involved, which is something... It's a big no-no, everybody. So really, the big thing that we have to talk about, right is why in the world would the Miami Dolphins still want Deshaun Watson after all of this stuff? I think, one, it's a PR nightmare, and you got to think right now, especially they've had to have Brian Flores come out and say, no, two is our guy, two is our guy, but in all of the national pundit reports have that their owner, the owner wants Deshaun Watson on the team because one, I I just don't see I, there's something going on down there in Miami, and they always preach something about culture. They want high character guys in the building and everything like that. That's what Brian Flores says. But there seems to be some sort of disconnect between him and the owner. And of course, the GM wants to do what the owner wants to do because he wants to keep his job. And you don't want to be like, no, we're going to stand our ground and not get it. That owner will have you out in no time. So really, they have to talk and be like, okay, well, if our owner really wants Deshaun Watson, we have to get him. But the thing is, that's a PR nightmare. And if what the Houston Texans are asking for, which is like three first and two seconds, I mean, you, you're really heavily banking that Deshaun Watson is innocent if you do pull off that trade. And it's apparently the a lot of teams that were in the talks, like the Panthers and the Broncos and the Eagles, they want to pick protection, so if Deshaun Watson were to, you know, be guilty, they would get their picks back for it. But Houston is saying no. But apparently, you know, all reports are coming out saying no, the Dolphins aren't looking into Deshaun Watson. But then Charles Robinson is coming out and saying that I would challenge the Miami Dolphins to come out and say that they're not looking to get Deshaun Watson. And of course, that has not happened. So really, I just look at it of does Deshaun Watson make them a better team? Yes, I truly think he does the talent they have on the team. I think he's obviously a better quarterback than two at this point, you can't argue that unless you are uh, my boy justice who uh, doesn't think that Deshaun Watson moves the needle. I still think that Deshaun would obviously make them a better team. I think that it makes them a little bit more formidable than the Patriots in the division. However, this just screams dysfunction. That's a big thing in a lot of these organizations that I like to keep preaching is that, look, they've been dysfunctional for 20 years because they couldn't beat New England. What is going to stop them when a new team takes the place of New England? What's going to stop them from still being dysfunctional? All of a sudden, it changes. I don't think that that's something that just overnight you're like oh yep uh we're gonna change we're not chasing the person at the top we're really just focused on our rebuild no obviously if you try to make a move like getting deshaun watson you're trying to win now and you're really just kind of looking short-sighted instead of trying to develop a guy in Tua that you took and i get it if you think it was a mistake to 
pick Tua over Herbert, but that's your guy. You can't just sacrifice. If you didn't think Tua was the guy, you should have kept your picks in this year's draft or last year's draft now, technically, um, during this offseason, and maybe just got somebody else if you truly didn't believe in Tua. But now go trade for Deshaun Watson, have a PR nightmare, whatever. That's just the Dolphins doing what the Dolphins do. Uh, at this point, I think that their organization is probably even a little bit more dysfunctional than the Jets, and that is saying something. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. And like I alluded to in the first part, and you just listened to me, now the self-proclaimed Northeastern Nostradamus, after I completely nailed what was going on, going to happen in the AFC East the week before the season started, I am joined by my brother, who hasn't been here in a few weeks, but was here the last time to talk about the New England Patriots. But now we have to play against them in the playoffs. Adam, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, buddy. How are you doing? Mm, as good as you can do at almost midnight. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, it, it it's crazy because last time we talked about the Patriots, we hadn't played them yet. So, of course, we didn't really get to talk about like like we didn't know that there was going to be a damn snow hurricane coming through. And then that game happened. And then we went into Foxborough and we ended up playing the game that I think we should have. But I think like a big thing is right now, like everybody's kind of like for some reason scared to play the Patriots again. I don't really feel that way. I think people kind of think that Bill Belichick is some sort of genius. And in the playoffs, he was like saving something for us that he didn't show in the first two meetings. Like, like, what do you think of that? Are you like scared of Bill Belichick, my guy? I mean, I'm not scared of Bill Belichick. I respect him as a coach because he's obviously one of, if not the greatest coaches of all time. Mm. So I respect him. I think he's going to have a great game plan and he's going to have his team prepared to play, but I'm not scared to play the Patriots and the whole notion that he somehow was saving something to show us in the playoffs. This is the first time we played them in the playoffs in this round, you know, since I think they said the sixties, if not ever. So yeah, something like that back in the AFL days. Yeah. So it's like, I highly doubt he was, sitting there in the middle of the season going, oh, we might see them in the wild card round. We better <laughs> not show yeah. them everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with that. Like, I, I do believe that Bill Belichick truly showed the full hand in the second meeting against us. Because at that point, you know, they didn't know they were going to be playing us in the playoffs. Obviously, if you did the math, I believe there was like a 66% chance they were going to. But kind of in that second game, he threw everything at the wall for Josh Allen to beat them. And Josh Allen beat them. So I don't know exactly what Bill Belichick can really change all that much that would really make everybody crap their pants and be like, oh, my God, you know, they we've never seen that before. I feel like we kind of already know what the Patriots are going to do going into this game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think uh, I think we're going to be prepared, and I think 
the same conversation is going to be had with Josh as was had prior to the to the second meeting with them. It's going to be, look, they're going to drop off. They're going to sit in coverage. They're going to leave you stuff underneath. You just need to be patient. You need to take the underneath stuff. You need to take what the check downs and take what the defense gives you. And in the second half, he'll be forced to get more aggressive and bring people up. And that's when you take your shots down the field. Yeah, I I I 100% agree with that. I don't know. I've just seen a lot of stuff recently where a lot of people are, especially like in the national media eyes, there's quite a few people that think that the Bills should win it, win it handedly. But there's also a few that are like, I don't know, Bill Belichick's a mastermind. And like you said, like when we first started, like, you know, talking about this, it's just, you know, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. You can't take that away from him. Like, but I I don't think that there's much that they can do to change their game plan. Buffalo has about an average run defense. They know that they're going to be able to run the ball. But I don't think there's anything defensively that they can do that they already haven't tried to do with Josh Allen already. So the the biggest difference in this matchup is in the last few games, we finally found the consistent offensive line that we've been looking for all year, and we've been able to run the ball. And I know it's beautiful. That should that should be scary to teams because if we can run the ball and Josh can be effective in the run game as well that opens up our entire playbook and that makes it really hard for the defense. Exactly. That was the one thing that a lot of teams were like, Oh, well, if we just take it away, the Buffalo bills can't run the ball on us. Well, like newsflash, the Buffalo bills actually, I think have like the sixth best rushing offense in the league. Like, yeah. It's but time to it's wake up. Just Josh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, Josh Allen does contribute quite a bit to it, but still like, I like newsflash. You need to wake up the Buffalo bills. Their run game is getting right at the right time, dude. Like it's, yeah, we finally fixed it. We were saying all season. Why can't the offense be consistent? Why can't we do it from week to week? And then the last few weeks, it's, they finally figured out a recipe for success. Give mm-hmm. Singletary the ball, give him a large volume of carries, keep that consistent offensive line with Bates in there. And, you know, let Josh take some pressure off of him. You got to take pressure off of Josh because he he will take that pressure and try to force it. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, just just look at it. I kind of want to talk about that, too, is just, you know, we've had struggles over the whole season. And I kind of want to get your like outlook on how the whole season has been that's led up to this postseason kind of the things that you have problems with but like how does it feel to finally be like oh yeah that left guard spot feels pretty uh pretty sured up like even with a even with a healthy john feliciano back they i thought for sure that they were just going to hand it back to feliciano but they were like no we're gonna ride with ryan bates like doesn't that just feel good it's the first time in a long time where I actually have confidence in the line. And it's funny because it's not just me as a fan. Josh has confidence in his line for the first time all season. I see the difference in him as far as 
he's taken an extra second to keep his eyes down the field. He's staying yeah. in that pocket a little bit longer, willing to, you know, wait for a guy to come open because he, he has faith that he's not about to just take a shot. <laughs> yeah. I it's definitely, you can tell that there's more of a comfort comfortability back in the uh, pocket. He's definitely, you know, taking a little bit more time back there and is not as quick to try to, you know, run out of the pocket or go outside and make something happen. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely something that you can notice just by watching the film. The last, like, ever since Ryan Bates was inserted into the lineup, and look, a lot of people actually wanted that. Uh, I was kind of just, like, on the fence of, okay, what really is Ryan Bates? I know we saw him, like, a little bit last season, and like they actually had a really good drive and I was like, oh, Ryan Bates is going to be that guy. But then they took him out and put Ike Botker in and then Botker played for most of the season last year. And then this year, the only thing that made them put Bates back in was Botker going down. So like mm-hmm. I've always kind of just been like, why do the Bills never put out like it never feels like they're putting the best five guys out there. They always say that they're putting the best five guys out there, but it never really feels like it, you know? Yeah, I agree. Like especially with like the offensive line. That their whole thing was with with Bates was that he was so versatile in so many positions. They never wanted yeah. to lock him up in a starting role, which to me is it, it makes zero sense. If he's your best guy for left guard, you stick him in at left guard. <laughs> and he even said that he feels most comfortable on that side. Yeah, and I I love that because when I heard that, I was like, all right, well, I feel like this guy needs to have a chance. And especially because we've seen time and time again where guys get hurt and then guys step up in that position and they play well. But then as soon as somebody comes back from injury, they get demoted again. Yeah. And I don't understand that when they over, when they produce more than maybe the starter does. I mean, let's kind of you know throw it out there. Cole Beasley... Now, I'm not I'm not knocking Cole Beasley. I still think he's one of the best slot receivers in the game, but it's not like it doesn't take a blind man to not see that when he's not in the game and Isaiah McKenzie's in, the game like the offense produces so much more with McKenzie in the game than they do with Beasley. Yeah, lately it seems like there's not a drop off at all and if anything like you're saying there's been kind of an improvement with McKenzie in there and I mean the biggest thing with that is it's because McKenzie can run the jet sweeps and mm-hmm. you know some of those kind of gadget type plays which for a defense is difficult to defend because it freezes the linebackers for you know half a second or a second because yep. they have to respect it so when you can add that wrinkle into the into the offensive playbook it just makes it that much more difficult to defend our offense. And I love that we're talking about this wrinkle because this wrinkle absolutely destroyed the New England Patriots last time we played them. So mm-hmm. when you see that, do you think the Bills put Isaiah McKenzie on the field more because they know that the Patriots respect Isaiah McKenzie for what he did to them last time? Do you think they put McKenzie on the field more just to confuse the defense, thinking that they're going to be looking towards him? I 100% expect that 
we're going to use as much smoke and mirrors as we can. Um, the beginning, you know, two or three drives, I feel like they're going to throw as much of that, you know, fake jet sweep, you know, a lot of that stuff. Just Lots to, of motion in the backfield. Lots of motion in the backfield just to get in the head of the defense because, you know, all week Bill's been in that film room showing them, you know, replays of McKenzie. So it, it's going to be one of those things where they, they're going to be looking for that stuff. And if you can at least show them the look, even if you don't mm-hmm. give them the ball, if you show them that look early and often, it, it it's going to make a big difference towards the end of the game. Yeah, and you're definitely going to be able to, like you said, get in the head of the defense a little bit more, especially if early McKenzie's on the field and maybe you're faking a jet sweep or something like that, and you're making the defense think, oh, well, we, we've been studying this. But if you really look at Buffalo the last two weeks, you know, that ever since that Patriots game, it almost feels like McKenzie's been a non-factor until he finally came in in the Jets game towards the end. But, like, I, you got to think the Patriots are probably sitting there going, okay, well, McKenzie torched us last time, but they also need to look at, well, the Buffalo Bills are we're almost fully healthy going into this game against them. So, like, mm-hmm. they got to be looking like, okay, well, that's because he had to step up in that role. Obviously, we know they're going to use Beasley, so maybe they don't need to worry about Isaiah McKenzie as much. But I feel like the Bills, regardless, still need to, you know, maybe put that little sense of urgency in the Patriots, even if they don't plan on using McKenzie like that. I honestly think that's the vulnerability in the Pats' defense is mm. on the, on the outside there uh, in the run game because they have a really good secondary and they're pretty stout on the D line, mm-hmm. but their linebackers are slow more. Yeah. They're not, they're not like, I mean, they're not like our linebackers that are yeah sideline to sideline guys that are, you know, flying around. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of the vulnerability in the defense, which is why McKenzie was able to take advantage of them. And I think that that's where Babel needs to focus. Yeah, and I could see them doing that. You know, you know, just bringing up Dayball, of course, one of the points of contention all this season has been Brian Dayball's play calling has been all over the place. Sometimes it's like great, sometimes it's almost abysmal. And just thinking back over the whole season, again, I wanted to get like your in intake. The Buffalo Bills, you know, they still have the postseason to go, but basically the postseason feels like season 2.0. So it it all restarts. You're all back at zero and you play each like you play your game and you're either in or you get eliminated. So just your overall thoughts on from the Steelers game to the last game against the Jets. What is your like overall outlook when you're going to look back at this Buffalo Bills team? What do you think? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, first word that comes to mind is frustrating. And the reason right. that comes to mind is because if you look back over the season, this team, I mean, they are 
probably a handful of really bad penalties and a handful of not being able to execute in the red zone plays away from maybe only having one or two losses. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating to look back across that and and see, you know, the Tennessee game where Josh slips on fourth down. Yeah. If he doesn't slip, we're probably going to win that game. You got the Tampa game where the ref calls that pass interference like he should have. You probably win that one. Mm-hmm. You got the first Pats meeting where we got into the red zone multiple times in a row and went backwards. Had a yeah. first and goal and had like two penalties and a you know a sack and it, it's just it, it it's one of those seasons where it seems like we just couldn't couldn't get it done when it mattered most for most of the season we we would you know come up short in those those kinds of games but then the games we won we'd win by more than ten points so yeah. it was like which team are we and then. It was nice to, I would say, the second word that comes to mind is kind of relieved because Mm. the second half of Tampa game and on, I felt like we finally saw the team we were all expecting the whole season. And it's just been, even even against the Jets, it was a frustrating game because we weren't scoring points. But we were moving the ball all over, and we were dominating them in every facet of the game. Yeah, and it was only a matter of time till we broke it open. But it was just nice to see the offense kind of finally figure out uh, consistency in the offensive line. We haven't given up a sack in three games, mm-hmm. um, and then the run game gets going and you see Gabe finally being utilized and you see McKenzie getting utilized and Josh is looking more like himself. I know the Atlanta game, he's got three picks on his record, but two of them were tip passes and one of them should have been pass interference on when Beasley got shoved off his route. Um, But it just seemed like the team finally woke up those last few games, which is what you want going into playoffs. So now I'm feeling like this team, they kind of cleaned up the penalties. They kind of figured it out on offense. The defense is still playing like the number one defense in the NFL. I I think that, which is amazing given that we lost Trey. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, I think that the coaching staff is, one of the best in the league and they'll they'll have us prepared to make a deep playoff run. I really love those examples that you brought up and I kind of want to go a little bit like you like you said relieve. I'm going to go kind of maybe a little bit cynical. Um I'm going to go humbling <laughs> and I'm going to say resilient is what I'm going to think of when I think of this team because To start off the year, I feel like not only just us as Bills fans, but the team in general, they knew they were a good team. And you could feel that they knew they were a good team. And it almost felt like they thought they were just going to, you know, do the same thing they did last year, run the AFC East, which, I mean, 
in turn they did eventually you know they they win but it's because they um they thought that they were going to be oh we made the AFC championship game we brought everybody back you know they just thought they were going to be able to walk and do it again and you could kind of tell like there were frustrating things things weren't working like this team's like oh we know we're good and there's plenty of press conferences where they're like yeah, we know we're a good team and they're not executing and all things like that and then they would just get these losses handed to them where you're like what are you guys doing like what and then they're like well we know we're a good team and then eventually the patriots catch up and i don't know what it is about this buffalo bills team but it's like they need their back against the wall to actually be the team that we know that they can be like it's like oh you guys uh, aren't number 1 in the afc east anymore what happens we lose to the patriots in a snow hurricane and we're like oh man we really got to like all right you know that it was just the weather and then the first half of the tampa game happens and i feel like that's when the team knew oh no like we we lose or they're like we lose this game you know it's much harder for us so then the team that we thought was coming out finally showed up in the second half and from there the team has been much more focused is what i think focused and they're resilient and they knew that their back was against the wall and they you know people were doubting them and i feel like the bills work better when they're doubted and once that happened this season now the bills have been actually the team that we thought they were going to be and it just took a little bit of humbling with a few big losses and games that they shouldn't have lost to really get them there so you said frustrating and there was a lot of frustration and then finally that turned into resilience so i i think this buffalo bills team no matter what happens in the postseason i'm gonna look at this season and obviously if it ends in anything less than a super bowl you know you're disappointed when you get in the postseason you believe your team can make it to the super bowl i guess unless you're the steelers but like (laughs) Like, you think that your team is going to be, and obviously I'm poking fun at Big Ben's comments, but. We're going to lose uh, by 85. Yeah, we're going to lose by 85. We shouldn't even show up. But (laughs) I think think that this team, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, them coming back and showing that they could still be that team, like, it's going to be a disappointment if they don't go on and win the whole thing. But at least I'm going to know that this team still has that in them. But the one thing that's going to really irk me is how much it takes to get that out of the team. So I don't know exactly how you feel about that. But, you know, I feel like the season's really going to make me have to think of why does it take so much to make this team have to, you know, believe that they're, you know, have that underdog mentality. Obviously, I understand they're a young team that's, you know, getting better, but I almost felt like every single time those Brady Patriots teams come and I hate comparing us to them, but it felt like every single time those Brady Patriots teams came out during, you know, their whole dynasty run, they never really decided that, Oh, we're going to play, we're going to play like garbage. And then it's going to take everything in our power for us to eventually go, Oh, well we need to change this. Like it always felt like they came in, 
with that mentality still that like, hey, even though we're the top guys, we still got to earn it. Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, as a Bills fan, that we've always kind of been that chip on your shoulder, underdog team yes, sir. for the longest time. And the players feel that. And last year, you know, they kind of started to put everything together. And we've got this young team. And Josh went out there and was, you know, putting on a show. Mm-hmm. And they they basically came out this season and there was all this hype and all these analysts loving all over them. Super and Bowl and all that he, stuff. Exactly. And, you know, do I think it went to their head? No, I don't think so. I, mm-hmm. I think that, of course, they listen. And I'm sure that they know they're good. That team knows they're good. But what happens is when you start to become good and everybody's talking about you, then every team you play has a little extra motivation. Every Mm -hmm. team you see is looking at you like you're the top dog now, and they're going to come give you their best shot. And I don't think with us being such a young team, I don't think the first half of the season, we really knew what to do with that. I don't think we understood that you got to get up for each game like it's a playoff game because every team coming in there is trying to give you their best shot because they want to knock off the top dog. I think Jacksonville did it to us and Mm -hmm. they surprised us. I think that You know, we went out there against the Colts and we knew they were going to run the ball on us, but we weren't expecting to get smacked like that. Um, It's one of those things where they, you know, they had to learn a lesson and they did it the hard way. And it's funny because you mentioned humble and resilient and Diggs' interview after practice the other day. That's a lot of what he said. He, He, you know, he said that this team... He feels good going into the playoffs because this team had their, you know, ups and downs as the season went on for whatever reasons. And, you know, it was good for them because they learned from it and they had to fight through adversity as a team. And, you know, they managed to get back to this point. And it's one of those things where I think they're going to be better off for it. And even if they, you know, make an exit, hopefully not in the first round, uh, but if they make an exit before the Super Bowl, I think that going into next season, they'll have a different mindset. I don't think you'll see them struggle as much with the ups and downs. All things held the same. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. That's kind of just a wait and see thing. Obviously, we've seen the team overcome that now, but depending on what happens this off season, obviously if it ends in disappointment, kind of like last season, I kind of felt like they were going to still come with a chip on their shoulder. So I guess it all kind of matters what happens this off season. So, I mean, just what that chip is back. Yeah. I, I actually do feel like that chip is back because one of the, one of the things that when I was looking through it, like some of the games that, 
we lost to the Colts, and I guess technically now the Colts beating us might be their Super Bowl, all things in, intended, just because when you look back at it, that Colts team was hungry to beat us after, you know, us beating them in the playoffs. Oh, so, 100%. <laughs> like, that that had to be their most dominant win of the entire season. And mm-hmm. uh, that was that was something that I'm like, the Buffalo Bills are lacking that. The only time I saw that this season was when they played the Kansas City Chiefs, who mm-hmm. beat them in the playoffs. It's our Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So, it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like there's just certain games where the Bills just kind of wake up and they go, yeah, you know, we got a chip on our shoulder. And then there's other games like Jacksonville where, you know, they're like, they're like they thought they were going to walk in and roll the team. Like, I I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that. But we play the Patriots this weekend. And obviously, that's uh, this comes out on Friday. So we're going to say tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I don't know. I'm not nervous for the game at all just because I know that the Bills are a better team. Uh, but 100%. I don't know. There's I, I feel like I'm 99.9% like really just positive that this team should really win this game. But then there's that point zero or like that point one that's just kind of like, but they could, I, I don't know. It's that's, just something that's called the Bills fan in you. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> You're always so... expecting that there's a small portion where the team lets you down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, I don't think that's ever going to go away. We, but we I w- could go 16 and 0, and I would still feel that way going into this week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like we could roll everybody, and I'd still be like, yeah, I'm nervous for the playoffs because <laughs> it, it that's when it matters, man. Like, like. Once you've been a team like us where, what is it, four out of the last five seasons we've been in the playoffs now, mm-hmm. like counting this year. So it's kind of like, you know, now we kind of like it's an expectation. So now we're not like a team like that's still trying to claw in to get to the playoffs. Like we're still hungry for that. We're we're a team that has been in the postseason multiple times. And we kind of know that when we get there, that's when the real season starts. So when you, so I need your final thoughts on this game, Adam, like what do you think the Buffalo bills are going to do? What do you overall think that this final score is going to be when the new England Patriots leave Fox or leave Foxborough to come to orchard park. And then what do you think they leave orchard park with the score being? Honestly, I'll I'll start by saying this. I am really confident that if the forecast stays the way it is and there's not going to be a ton of wind and it's just going to be frigid, that there's not many positions where Buffalo doesn't have the better team mm-hmm. outside of probably corner right now due to missing Trey. Yeah. I'll take the Bills offense all day in this matchup. I I think that I think that we're going to be able to get what we want. I think that it's going to be a, a still a tough game, obviously, 
But I think final score is 27-17. Bills win. 20, all right, 10-point win. Uh, covering the spread, obviously, but it's not like it matters to us because we still don't have sports gambling in Florida. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think the Buffalo Bills offense, the only thing that will stop the Bills on Saturday will be the Buffalo Bills. 100%. That's it. I think that the only thing that can truly stop them from winning the game is themselves. So I I think my final score, I was going to be a little bit, um, I was going to go a little bit more towards like 31 to like 21, but it's still a 10-point spread. Uh, yeah, and I think the Buffalo Bills defense is still, like a lot of people are like, oh, they can't stop the run when it's kind of like, well, the Bills are still middle of the road when it comes to stopping the run. So we, we stop the run pretty well. We just usually give up one big run a game <laughs> mm-hmm. that inf- that inflates the stats. But again, you can't get rid of those and the Bills still gave it up. So uh, yeah. let everybody know where they can find you, Adam. Obviously, you have a Twitter. So, you know, let them know where they can find you and find your tweets and everything like that. Uh, you can find me at Adam the Bills fan. Yeah. Well, there you go, because I know there's nowhere else where they can find you. So make sure to go follow Adam on Twitter. I mean, my dude's basically just retweeting a bunch of stuff and commenting on things. But still, and of course, you can find me at Jake the Bills fan. And of course, make sure to go check out, you know, you're listening to this on Friday. So go check out First Round by on Friday nights on the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel, where it'll be me, my boy Justice and Izzy. We're going to be talking about it, break down everything, Bills patriots going into it you're not going to want to miss it and then of course you know you've been listening to the coolest place in bill's mafia outside of western new york i have been the northeastern nostradamus and i will see all of you next week